The following podcast is a presentation of Project Entertainment Network. Welcome to Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius, your source for horror, sci-fi, suspense, and all things violent. Hey, what is going on, guys? Thank you so much for joining me today on Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius. Today we have episode 85. At the end of the episode, I will share Dead to Me. That's off of Untold Mayhem. Got some cool news this week about that. It made it. It is now a 2020 nominee for the Society of Society of Voice Arts and Sciences. Some organization, but for outstanding short story anthology. Uh, the voice actors on that and the producers did an amazing job. They definitely turned it into something I am proud of. Um, if you heard me talking on here before, these stories were not my favorite stories. Some of them I really liked a lot, but just putting them all together, to me, was kind of a weird mix. I think as artists, we always criticize ourselves and look for the negatives, but um, people are enjoying it. So thank you to everyone who's left reviews. There are only like 11 reviews on Amazon, but it's uh, over a 4.0 rating. And on uh, Goodreads, though, there are a lot. A lot of people, people listen to the audiobook and left reviews on there. So thank you to everyone who has done that. Um, let's see, what else is going on? Man, I've been busy. I should not have, well, I shouldn't say that. I question my judgment on doing a heavy metal video every day of the week. Uh, so for the whole entire month, I'm on day 27. Yesterday, I didn't finish it until like 9 or 10 at night just because I had so much shit going on. Um, but I've been doing it. Uh, last two days, I talked about Rammstein, Lindemann, so I got to use some German. I actually sang a little bit for like 10 seconds in German. So if you want to hear that, you got to go fucking check out my YouTube channel. Uh, also talked about Creator, Exodus, Gwar, Testament, all these bands that kind of helped influence my writing and me as a person. So maybe a little way to uh, get a, another glimpse of who I am and what some of my interests are. You may not like me afterwards, but you know what? I'm okay with that. I wouldn't blame you. Shitty thing that happened yesterday. Well, actually, let's stick with some good news. Good news is the Trying to Design the Pandemic contest is just about done. And Dusty Dirt, who won the last one, he is tied right now for first place. There's a tiebreaker going on, so I don't know who's going to win, him or Allison, but pretty exciting stuff. I think all the winners will be announced tomorrow, and the ebook will be sent to all of them. Now, for the shitty news, yesterday was the deadline to put up the actual manuscript for trying to design the pandemic. I thought I had until six o'clock. I was doing last minute changes, trying to fix all the links. It's not like a regular ebook where you just put the fucking manuscript out. I have to make sure all the links are good. So if you choose this, then you go to that chapter and then I got to make sure that hyperlink goes back. And for someone else, maybe it wouldn't take that long. But for me, man, I was fucking flying. And I did not make it in time. I was 10 minutes late. And because I was 10 minutes late, they canceled the pre-orders, which sucks. But there weren't a whole bunch. But that, So that part kind of sucks. The part that really sucks is they get rid of the whole page. So all the ads I have scheduled for it um, are now, I have to contact them. I have to reload the book, contact those places, see if I could change it in time, all before the release. 
so that kind of sucks. But I only have myself to blame because I did not take the proper steps to prepare. I knew when my deadline was, I was trying to push it, and I just didn't take the necessary steps. So, boo to me. But the good news is, I have all you wonderful people that will feel bad for me for making these dumb mistakes, and you'll help me reshare it. So, when the book does come out in the next couple days, I really would appreciate it, especially if you played in the contest, to just share it, to let people know about it. I think it's, it seems like the people that were in the contest really enjoyed it. Got a lot of cool feedback so far. So, if you guys could do that, I would appreciate it. And only because it's not just me. If it was just me, I probably wouldn't give a shit. I'm not in a big rush to be this huge success, but I do have co-authors and I want to make sure I put out a good book and they all benefit from it as well. But things are definitely headed in the right direction, man. It's just a climb. Um, well, oh, another really cool thing that happened this week, unexpected, but I recently signed up for Podmatch where you get connected to people that would like to have you on as a guest or I can get people on here as a guest. I don't think I'm going to be bringing anyone on here as a guest because, I don't know, I have so many friends already. So I told myself, uh, I'm only going to be doing it as a guest. But I did go on a podcast this week and it was called Plain Injured. I don't believe the episode has come out yet, but the one of the co-hosts, it was just a one-on-one -on -one with me and him. He's from Chicago, this guy Josh, uh, I think it's Dillingham. We just had an awesome conversation, really hit it off. I mean, we were probably different in so many ways, but we just had such a cool conversation. I was incredibly pumped up about it. And so I asked him to come on the podcast, and I think we're going to film that next week. This week is crazy because of Halloween and everything else going on and with the book release. But I'll have him on next week. And just so I can get to know him a little bit, find out more about his podcast. I really liked um, the focus of the podcast. But it reminded me, our conversation reminded me of how much I enjoy hearing other people's stories. When I was going on around the country interviewing all the MMA fighters, it wasn't because they were MMA fighters that I was pumped up and motivated by each of their interviews. It was because they were telling me their story. They were sharing something personal about them, their goals, their dreams, their failures, whatever it is. That's what I enjoy hearing. Just having that kind of connection with another person is pretty awesome. So when Josh comes on, we'll all get to learn about him. So that'll be cool. Another awesome thing that happened this week. Fine, well, I shouldn't say I finished it. I'm about to finish it. It's almost almost finished but the short story stuffed what i'm really going to try to do now is uh, i wasn't sure how i was going to put it out i know i definitely want it in an audiobook format i just had 31 others which is a short story i wrote i believe last month uh, it takes place in 25 perfect day world i already had that one narrated and then i'm also going to have the rules narrated that was free to subscribers uh, exclusively on my website but it no longer is up there so if you didn't read it shit out of luck but i decided i'm just going to go ahead and put that out as a like a three-story sampler one is dystopian uh, 31 others the rules is more horror and stuffed is more everyday kind of feel to it not nearly as disturbing as the others but kind of you'll have to wait to see and i think i'm going to release it on thanksgiving i really want people to listen to that one it's a thanksgiving story it's called stuffed come on 
So that one should be a lot of fun. I just have to find the right narrators for those two stories and also put out the ebook at the same time. Yeah, so that's about it. That's all that's, I've been up to. I'm going to finally get back onto my eating. I've kind of slacked on my eating and intermittent fasting and I've been using too much caffeine and maybe a little bit more cannabis. So I'm going to kind of ease off all those and tomorrow I'll start the intermittent fasting again. Um, I did get down to like 199. Now I'm hanging out like at 203, 204. So it's not a big deal, but I just don't like how I feel lots of times. I was like, well, why am I doing this? Why am I eating at night if I'm really not even hungry and I know it's going to have a negative effect on me? Why am I doing this? Why am I having so much caffeine when I don't know I don't need to? Um, so all that kind of stuff. That's the kind of shit I like to look at. Uh, if nothing else, it keeps my mind busy. And also helps keep me focused. All right, guys. I think that's it for today. I still need to put out day 27 and a month of metal. And I'm gonna, today I'm going to be talking about Alestorm, pirate metal. Never thought I'd listen to them. But it's something I listened with, to with my son. And also uh, while I was writing Trying to Die in Pandemic. Because it kind of deals with pirates. So check that out on YouTube if you are interested. I have all those. That month of metal is on one playlist. And uh, yeah. That is it. All right, guys. So I'm going to run. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you for listening and have fun listening to Dead to Me. All right, guys. Later. Dead to Me. Leonard stared at the red left turn arrow, wishing he could will it green. He was running late and... Judging by the thick layer of snow accumulating on the Chevette's hood, he had spent about five minutes waiting to get through the light. This was what he got for leaving his house on Christmas Day. New York City traffic was always bad, but on holidays it was unbearable. He had tried explaining that to his mother, but she argued he lived less than five miles away and could walk it in an hour. If he couldn't make such a short trip to spend the day with her, he wasn't fit to be called her son. Christmas used to be his favorite time of the year, the entire day, just him and his mother, eating cookies and sipping cocoa. But things had changed. Although he still loved his mother, he was always on edge around her, praying she wouldn't make him mad. Ever since he turned 44 in August, his tolerance for his fellow man, which had truthfully never been that great in the first place, had rapidly deteriorated. The slightest things enraged him, and instead of letting things slide, he was quick to act. Leonard looked out the passenger window to see if those lights were still green. The idiot in the lowered Honda next to him was creeping into the intersection, angling his front bumper into the left turn lane. Leonard glanced at the teenage driver to see if he was really intending to cut him off. The guy wouldn't look in his direction as he inched forward until both front tires were in the crosswalk. Leonard checked his rearview mirror for cops. He sat up in his seat and looked across the intersection. There was a homeless man standing on the corner imploring generous souls for cash. The passing cars were finally coming to a halt. No cops anywhere. He didn't want to have to handle this himself, but he had no other choice. The light turned green, and the Honda shot into the intersection, whipping into the space Leonard Chevette would have been in if he had tried to race the guy. Instead of following the painted arc, 
The Honda sped toward the corner as if the light post was a giant magnet drawing it in. With a thundering boom, the car plowed into the light, its front end hugging the thick, immovable post. Once he was certain there wouldn't be an explosion, Leonard ignored the yellow light and entered the intersection. The Honda's rear end obstructed all of the right lane and part of the second. With some skillful driving, Leonard managed to squeeze past the wreck without damaging his paint job. The beggar was pinned between the pole and the car, his chest and head lying on top of the crumpled hood. How tragic that an innocent person had to be killed in such a needless accident, just because some idiot was trying to save time. Now that imbecile's head was stuck to the shattered windshield, his smashed face embedded in the safety glass. Whether the punk was rushing to some Christmas party or hurrying to church, he should have been more considerate. Leonard had witnessed dozens of fatal accidents in the past month, four just this morning, and absolutely none of them were caused by a considerate driver. All of the drivers could have prevented their deaths if they had been so careless and irresponsible. The accident was completely forgotten by the time Leonard turned onto his mother's run-down street with its dilapidated houses most the size of his one-bedroom apartment. He wished he could afford to move her into a nicer neighborhood, but that dream went out the window when he lost his job at the post office back in July. Leonard drove several blocks past his mother's house before he found a parking spot. He walked back to her house, carrying her present with both hands, thinking about his new custodial engineer position and just how unfair it was. He arguably had the hardest job at the law office Yet he was lowest paid and received absolutely no respect. The people in charge had no idea how difficult and unpleasant his position was, much less how indispensable. No one there ever picked up after themselves, and he was positive no one would show up for work if he neglected the filthy floors and allowed the trash to accumulate. Custodians should bring home more than what those sharks did, but he would have been more than happy to make what he had at the post office. All the wishing in the world wouldn't get him a raise. Leonard cleared his mind and rang the doorbell. In the minute it took his 70-year-old mother to shuffle to the door, he imagined all the terrible, hurtful things she might say. If he fortified himself by mentally abusing himself before she could, it took some of the sting off her cold comments. He couldn't allow himself to get mad at her. Not on Christmas. The door opened. There was her scowl her round, wrinkled face, surrounded by her halo of wispy white curls. She swiveled her body just enough so he could squeeze by, shoving him into the house. You're letting all the damn coal then! Hurry up! Good to see you, Mom. She slammed the door behind them and waddled into the living room. Mumbling loud enough for him to hear, she said, 4.30. No respect. Wait on Christmas. Sorry, Mom, but... Traffic was real bad. She plopped onto the swished side of the flowered couch, the plastic cover crinkling. You've used that excuse for the last four weekends. She nodded toward the package he was still holding. Put that on a table. Leonard set her presents on the coffee table. There were a couple accidents. People died. You've used that too. Funny how many people are supposedly dying when you're on the streets. I'm not lying. Oh, you would never lie to me. Sarcasm was his mother's favorite friend 
a sharp knife she loved to twist and turn. Leonard took a deep breath and counted to five, blew it out. I lied once. You mean I caught you once. That's all it takes to destroy trust. It was one time I was embarrassed. You should have been. You were warned about doing that sort of thing. She grimaced, shook her head, those curls bouncing. Disgusting. It made me sick. I was twelve. Curious, he said absentmindedly. All his life, his mother and others always said that he made them sick. He had never taken it literally. But maybe he should have. You should have known better and shouldn't have lied. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Well, I'm not lying about the accidents. Of course you're not. But that doesn't change the fact that the food's cold now. You cooked? Cookies. They were warm 30 minutes ago. I like them cold. Then get them. You know where the kitchen is. The cookies were lined on a tray. Thick blue and pink frosting. No question they were store-bought. Leonard took a bite out of a blue one. Used his tongue to wipe the frosting from the roof of his mouth. He told himself his mother meant well. Her coldness was a result of the cancer. She wasn't always this mean. And even if she had been, she had the right to be cruel every once in a while. She raised him on her own, and he wasn't the best child in the world. Instead of causing her more heartache, he ought to thank her for all the sacrifices she had made for him over the years. I didn't tell you to bring the whole tray. I don't want any. Leonard set the tray on the coffee table and eased onto the recliner a cloud of dust puffing up around him, but it was still better than sitting on the stiff plastic covering the sofa. Put them back, I said. Maybe I'll eat them all. You are fat enough as it is. I'm just a little pudgy, Leonard said. Pudgy? Ha! You are fat. That's probably why you're not married. That's not why, Mom. Because you're fat and you like to touch yourself. Leonard sighed. One time, it was one time. Then why'd you lose your job for stealing those nudie magazines? Because you touch yourself, she said, shivering in disgust. I didn't steal anything, Mom. Leonard pinched the webbed area between his thumb and pointer finger, while in his mind chanting, Om. To his mother, he said, Frank was a goddamn liar. You watch your mouth. On Christmas, she said with a huff. I'm sorry, but he had it in for me. He said all Italians were idiots. Seeing she didn't take the bait, he added, and that Sicilians were the worst. Ah, convenient. What? Calling a dead man a liar. Someone who can't deny it. It had been stealing because Leonard only took home the Playboys and other adult magazines that had been deemed undeliverable. Think what you want, then. I know it wasn't stealing. Yeah, they just fired you over here, say. And maybe you quit. Thought you'd be more fulfilled as a janitor. Mailman to mop boy had not been an easy transition. And she knew it. All those mind-numbing hours pushing a broom, cleaning toilets, emptying waste cans, picturing Frank's stupid fucking face and muttering to himself, You're dead to me. Dead to me. Dead to me. He repeated this mantra all of July and to the third Saturday of August. It was ten minutes after six, 
the start of Leonard's shift, and a few hours after the firm's retirement party for the number two partner ended. Vomit in the sinks, diarrhea in the toilets, used condoms in the boardroom. That had been the moment everything changed. A new level of hatred. As Leonard chucked the trash can across the lobby, forgetting it was full, beer bottles and wine glasses shattering on the tile. Never before had he hated someone with such intensity. You gonna just sit there? His mother asked, interrupting his thoughts. Don't tell me you're on drugs. No, Mom. Just thinking. About Sunday's paper. How it listed Frank's time of death at 6.10 Saturday morning. Well, all that heavy breathing makes it sound like a stuffy bear. You having heart problems? Nope. And neither did Frank. Death was attributed to natural causes from one of the healthiest guys Leonard knew. The same went for his high school bullies, Tommy, Leroy, and Richard, who were six feet under after Leonard focused on them for two weeks. The breathing keeps me calm. Been practicing it in yoga. She cackled. You? Yoga? I stream classes on my laptop. You wear leg warmers? Leonard didn't blame her for laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doctor's orders, Mom. You said your heart was fine. It's just an expression. It's what I need to stay calm. And what good does that do you? Never heard of anyone doing anything worthwhile by staying calm. Experiments on a couple of choice teachers convinced Leonard it wasn't a coincidence. By the end of September, his powers were so polished, he took out each new subject within two days. Learning to harness the hatred had radically sped up the process. I can be dangerous if I'm angry. She rolled her eyes. Did you start taking karate? During October, he honed his methods and could eliminate someone in under an hour. In November, he was down to ten minutes, but he was finding it more and more difficult to find people that had really pissed him off. He'd even brought out all his yearbooks to jar his memory about any wrongdoings. November saw the advent of the 32nd termination, something Leonard was incredibly proud of. December was when the problem began. He had sharpened his mind into a perfect scythe, yet he lacked control. If Leonard didn't have his guard up, the slightest thing would set him off, and if he was set off, the offender was instantly dead. Why do we even come over if you're just going to sit there? Leonard shoved the anger down. Come on, it's Christmas. So? What does it matter what day it is? You'll always be a disappointment. Her face turned a bright red, whether it's Sunday or Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, or if it's Easter or Christmas or Veterans Day. You'll always be you. I wish you would never... Stop! Leonard shouted a fraction of a second before his mother collapsed on the couch, the impact of her head a dull thud on the armrest. Leonard unclenched his fists and took five deep breaths, walked over, and closed those anger-filled eyes. He picked a pink cookie off the tray and devoured it, with a reminder he could not risk hating himself. He wasn't sure of the scope of his newly developed power, but it was still way too unpredictable to risk turning on himself.
This has been a presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.